Welcome to Transform and Thrive. Your host, Helen Lee, examines the opportunities and practical solutions for individuals and organizations to transform and thrive in these times. She shares her wisdom and that of other changemakers impacting our world. Tune in for innovative and holistic tools and empowering strategies to reinvent yourself and or your organization and flourish in a world facing different crises. Hi, this is Helen Lee. Welcome to Transform and Thrive. My intention is to help people bring as much magic and miracles into their lives as I possibly can. And so, other than my own experience and expertise, I've been offering thousands of clients worldwide and multinationals in Asia-Pacific in the last 20 years or more. It is my great joy and honour to be able to interview incredible guests such as Dr. James Doty and share their experience and expertise as well. This is part two of my interview with Dr. Doty. For those who have not listened to part one as yet, Dr. Doty was a successful Stanford neurosurgeon and professor, a philanthropist and wealthy entrepreneur who went bankrupt and felt like he'd gained everything after having lost everything. He has an extraordinary background where his childhood of great adversity was miraculously intervened by a visit to a magic shop at age 12. There, the young Jim Doty, then known as Bob, was taught a special brand of mindfulness that paved the way to his successful career at Stanford, as well as being the founder of C-Care, the Center for Compassion and Altruism Research and Education at Stanford. Dr. Doty details all this in his first book, Into the Magic Shop, A Neurosurgeon's Quest to Discover the Mysteries of the Brain and the Secrets of the Heart. It was first published in 2016 and has now been translated into 40 languages and from what I've read is even the basis for the album Love Yourself, tier by K-pop sensation BTS. I would highly recommend that you check out this award-winning New York Times and international bestseller book, bestseller, about the extraordinary things that can happen when we harness the power of both the brain and the heart. At the same time, come discover the ontological coaching methodology that I created a little over two decades ago, which includes a powerful tool called the Golden Globe, which is designed to align the brain, the heart and the gut, and which then in turn aligns the three primary aspects of who we are, the human self, the soul self, and the spirit or consciousness that we all are. Meanwhile, please enjoy this episode where Dr. Doty and I discuss how we can best thrive in the next five to ten years. And I will catch you at the end of it. How can people thrive in the next five to ten years, uh, both in the US uh, and, and 
worldwide? Well, I think obviously uh, we're facing many, many challenges, uh, which in fact are causing a lot of distress and harm among younger people, the Gen Zs and the millennials, because uh, we have created for them an existential crisis uh, related to climate change and sustainability. And uh, like so many things in this world, the majority of the world's problems are caused by 5% or so of people. And these are the people who uh, crave uh, money, position, power. And uh, unfortunately, they uh, control uh, many of the assets in the world and also uh, are the determinants of how um, different things are responded to. And it's, it's very unfortunate, but it is reality. And so what we have to do is to work together to overcome these artificial barriers uh, that have been created by a small number of people. But it will take a uh, effort by the majority of people in the world yep. uh, to come together and hold hands and say enough is enough. As you know, uh, as an example, uh, the amount of money that the United States spends on their military budget uh, is multiples of that spent by the nine other industrialized countries, major industrialized countries in the world. And uh, if you simply um, got rid of half of that, you could send everyone to in the United States to uh, get the best education in the world. You could feed every person uh, and you could give housing to every human being uh, in the United States. And, uh, and we're spending money on something that frankly is useless. You know, uh, there are plenty of resources in the world to allow for everyone to thrive as a human being. It's we do not have the will yet to say enough is enough. And unfortunately, um, uh, this is at present leading to potential uh, catastrophe. Now, you could argue, and it's interesting how human beings have a tendency to put themselves at the top of the world or the most important living entity in the world. But frankly, if you look at how we behave, we don't deserve that title. Uh, we're the only species uh, that uh, has no problem destroying our own environment, that has no problem destroying uh, the lives of people like us. And, uh, uh, and, uh, hoards resources. You know, generally speaking, uh, if there are enough resources in an environment, uh, everyone benefits. But for humans, uh, there has to be this selfishness where a small number of people take the majority of assets. I mean, imagine a situation, as an example, since the pandemic, and I'm approximating, but uh, around $2 trillion in wealth has actually been created as a result of the pandemic of which 95% uh, have gone into the hands of uh, less than 1% of the population. Uh, how is this even possible? How is it that there are people starving, especially as an example in the United States, one of the most prosperous countries in the world that utilizes 25% of the world's assets or production, and there are people a mile away from me who are homeless and hungry. 
do you how see, is this even possible do you see any of this changing i mean this is the problem what is the solution and will that solution materialize can it materialize well i mean uh frankly as i was talking about the superior uh perception that humans have of themselves if you were to ask me what would be the best thing to happen to our planet it would be the destruction of human life and i'm not being facetious but if you looked overall how would the planet and all the living creatures in the planet benefit it would benefit from humans not existing or becoming extinct and that may sound horrible but i think that's reality that being said, I do believe in the potential of human beings to overcome and to survive. And uh, I think, though, that we have to have a shift in how we see the world and how we perceive who are the positive contributors to our world. And what I mean by that is that individuals who control immense amounts of wealth uh, don't deserve their power. I mean, uh, why does somebody need a $500 million or $750 million yacht? Why does somebody deserve 10 homes that are each worth 10 or $20 million? And all of these things sit empty 95% of the time. Mm. And, and what are the drivers for humans to even want that or do that? And this is the challenge to be able to say enough is enough and I don't need anything further. But for a subset of people, this seems to be impossible. And of course, the reality is there is no one who escapes uh, our existence alive, right? There is a finiteness to our existence. And at the end of the day, you're not judged by how much money you have in the bank. Frankly, I think that you're judged by how much uh, you've done to help others in this world. And uh, uh, I think that's the most important aspect. And this is not to say that all of us are um, flawed, because I certainly am. But if you try the best you can to do the right thing, to care for others, to unconditionally love others, to be an example to others we know that that stimulates others. And uh, it's just, as I said, there's a small percentage of people who are consumed by greed and, and wretched excess. And and your book, Mind Magic, um, is going to contribute towards helping people? Um... Uh, well, uh, <laughs> I would like to think so. Uh, uh, so one of the premises of that book is, uh, and you may have heard of a book called The Secret. Yeah. Yeah, so The Secret is a book, frankly, that's about self-indulgence. It's about, <laughs> I'm going to manifest a million dollars. I'm going to live in a big house. I, 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 I. You know, when it first came out, um, and, and there was a video on it, I was really very cross with the whole thing uh, because I'd been teaching it, the whole idea of manifestation um, and the law of attraction, although I didn't call it that. Uh, well before, I mean, you know, I'm 70, right? So I've been doing this for a while. Um, yeah, it, there's a whole lot more to it. And I started calling it then the law of resonance because I was so put off with the whole thing, you know? So. Well, uh, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. In fact, the opening of my book uh, actually uh, is uh, a 
uh, sentence that may some people may find shocking. The first sentence of the book is, the universe doesn't give a fuck about you. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> but the point is that so many people look for outside affirmation. And uh, uh, the reality is that so many people have a view of what they think they need, but don't understand what they actually need. Yep. And so part of the book is to pay, make people understand that when you uh, chase uh, things for yourself, ultimately you're going to be unhappy. When you want, wish to manifest, just on the basis of how we evolved as a species and how we respond to external events, we positively respond uh, when we are of service to others. And the point is that when you wish to manifest, as an example, let's say you want to be a doctor and your whole thought is, I'm going to be a doctor and I'm going to make lots of money and I'm going to have prestige versus looking at, at it through the lens of, I want to be a doctor to be of service to people. Those are completely opposite viewpoints. If you focus on being of service to others, you can get all the other things you want. But the primary uh, point should be aimed at being of service to others. I have been fortunate or unfortunate, depending on how you look at it, to essentially uh, be able to buy anything I wanted. Uh, I was not worth billions of dollars, but approximately approximating $100 million. And, uh, you know, I was flying around in private jets. I had Ferraris, Porsches, BMWs, Range Rovers, Mercedes. I lived in a, a, a very large house overlooking the ocean. And uh, so I had all of these things. But at the time, I was never more unhappy than I had ever been in my entire life. And the reason was that I kept doing these things and acquiring things and striving for these different positions. And at each point, I would sit there and say, well, where's this incredible feeling that I have that I've done something useful? And I never got that because uh, it was all about showing off to other people so I would get external affirmation. And again, when I changed how I viewed the world, everything else changed for me. It was no longer about me. It was about uh, caring for others and being of service. And when that happened, everything uh, uh, happened in the sense that it allowed me to, again, meet some of the most profound spiritual leaders in the world, gain incredible insights and learn. And it also made me realize that all of these external things, while they're nice, I don't need them. And yeah. so uh, it may, it allowed me to no longer uh, crave and have attachment. Uh, it made me no longer believe that having these things was what defined me. And so I know that if everything's taken away tomorrow, I'll be perfectly happy and just fine. And uh, again, it's when you're able to realize that all the external affirmation in the world is not going to make you happy. What you have to do is understand that you define happiness for yourself. 
And uh, this is what so many people, unfortunately, uh, don't understand. And it's uh, the reality that it is within your power to give yourself happiness or not. As an example, so many people have an event happen to them. And when that event happens, and this is an event that has no valence. And what I mean by that is it's neither good nor bad. It's an event. But people attach emotion to an event, which then becomes a memory. And every time they think of that event, uh, they have negative feelings, which then affect their physiology. And uh, as an example, it's like if you're angry at somebody uh, because they did something to you, which wasn't fair or right. Well, instead of uh, forgiving them and going on your uh, going forward, you know, many people are mobilized because if they see that person or that event is brought up, they have this horrible feeling inside themselves. And this isn't to say that you forget what this person did to you, but you don't carry the emotional baggage with you. And unfortunately, who we are as people oftentimes is uh, created by these negative events that have happened in, in our life, as well as the positive events. But so for so many people, it's the negative events that are the baggage that they carry with them. And that ultimately influences every action, every behavior uh, 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 for their future selves. And people don't realize this. Uh, it, it comes back to non-attachment again, right? Letting go. Exactly, exactly. Because as an example, uh, this is why you see so many people end up in the same type of negative relationship because of the baggage that they've carried and they don't have insight into it. It also determines how people respond to others or life events. Uh, and some people uh, uh, carry anger and hostility. So every interaction they have is one of anger and hostility. Mm -hmm. And so having, if you want to call it metacognition or this awareness outside of yourself mm -hmm. of the impact of these different uh, events that have occurred in your life uh, uh, is really important. Uh, in fact, though, uh, you know, some people advocate the use of psychedelics. And the reason is, is because for a subset of people, psychedelics have the ability, if you will, to reset your ego or uh, unload that baggage so that it no longer has the impact on your be behavior in the future. Is that like a shortcut, perhaps? Because... I prefer the idea of intense or intensive inner work. Well, I'm not the arbiter of shortcuts. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, so what I would say is that it's like uh, different spiritual or religious practices. Uh, I don't necessarily think one is better than the other. I think for a subset of people, uh, psychedelics uh, may offer benefit. Uh, I certainly don't think that's the only solution. And I think that in general, yes, uh, uh, dealing with many of these issues require one to work at it, but it's hard and it's painful and there's suffering involved with that. Um, you know, it's interesting. I had a uh, woman come to me and she was a socialite 
And I had seen her when I was on stage with the Dalai Lama in Dharamsala in India. And about a month later, I was with Eckhart Tolle in Los Angeles, and she actually was there. And then I was with Amma, the hugging saint, on stage with her at a different event uh, several weeks later. And here this woman is there as well. And so uh, sometime after that, uh, uh, I held an event at Stanford where we had a reception afterwards. And lo and behold, this woman came and she came up to me and she said to me, she said, oh, my God, you know, I saw you with the Dalai Lama. I saw you with Eckhart Tolle. I saw you with Amma. You're clearly friends with these people. They know you. They respect you. They interact with you. How is that possible? What is it about you that makes you so different? She said, I want you to be my guru. <laughs> and I How looked and I feel said, about that? well, <laughs> I looked at her and I said, are you really? That's what you want. And she said, oh, absolutely. I'll do anything. And I said, you'll do anything. And she said, yes, absolutely. I said, well, you know, this will require a lot of work. Are you willing to do that? Oh, yes, yes, absolutely. And I said, okay, I will then do this for you. And I said, here's what I want you to do. I am going to give you a list of 100 books. And I want you to read for four hours a day. I want you to meditate for two hours a day. And then I want you to journal for two hours a day. She goes, that's eight hours a day. And I said, <laughs> uh, yes, it is. And she said, but that's a long time. And I said, yes, it is. And I said, for any great practitioner or evolved person, I mean, there are very few, if any, who wake up one day and they know everything. This is a journey. I mean, I've interacted with and read hundreds and hundreds of books uh, this didn't magically happen for me. And she said, well, well, uh, yeah, but if I do all of this, what will happen? And I said to her, I said, well, frankly, if you're diligent and complete the task, you'll realize you don't need me at all. Mm. Uh, yeah, I I spent years, I think about nine years, um, going from one teacher to another or all at once, really. And did a lot of inner work and release stuff, you know, intensively until one day. Um, and, and that included uh, workshops with Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. I've, I've sure. met the uh, Hugging Amma as well um, and so on. Um, and one day, um, one night actually, uh, it was around midnight. Um, and this was after attending a, a meditation earlier on where I experienced something there and then the magical part was when I went home and then golden light came out of me and filled up the entire bedroom I actually I'd love to ask you as a neuroscientist scientist how that can happen right from from that uh, perspective. sure <laughs> yeah so that happened and then I had a fright you know here I am having this great mystical experience which I wasn't expecting um, and it still took me years to integrate that and until I had another one in between. This was longer, uh, not so much fun, uh, between 2012 and 2013. But it also took me to another level where I then am able to support people to experience their soul and, and what I call vastness uh, firsthand. 
right? They they experience for themselves because to me it's about not about what I tell them, but what I facilitate for them to experience yes. and to discover themselves, right? That that's that's a whole power of learning it that way, right? So um I don't know why I told you that, but uh um yeah, it's about you know intensive uh, inner work basically. Yes. Yeah. No, no, and I, I, I think that is required. And uh, yes, there are people who seem to be, uh, for whatever reason, uh, just naturally enlightened. Uh, uh, but for most of us, uh, this takes work and focus and um, uh, and time, and that's just the way it is. Uh, and um, but. Uh, uh, of course, at the end of the day, the reward is great. And uh, uh, you can walk the world. You have a calmness about yourself. You have an energy that you carry. And that energy uh, allows you to actually to help a lot of other people. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, uh, again, an extraordinary gift that is possible for all of us. I, I, I still want to devote myself to doing this. In fact, more of it you know, for the next 10 years, and then I might retire at 80. You know? so, <laughs> well, um, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, while you may, uh, uh, you may continue to do things to help others, but that's not really work at the end of the day, is it? No. Uh, however, I would, I've, I've finally realized that I need to have a bit more fun again as well. You know, not just be totally devoted to this, you know. Well, uh, but that's your choice. And uh, whenever you decide that's uh, more important, then that's what you'll do. But uh, I think part of the challenge for many people is, though, that in that in and of itself, in some ways, uh, becomes an ego journey. Uh, because, you know, when people tell you repeatedly that you've changed their life or you've helped Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, that's, uh, you know, it's a, an amazing thing. And I think also uh, you could argue that your ability to impact people in that way is unique to very few people. And so in some ways, it is a burden that you carry because you sit there and say, well, I have this ability to be of service and to help people and help them gain insight Am I wrong in then just be selfishly focusing on what I want to do? And I think there has to be a balance because, uh, yeah. you know, you can't yes. destroy yourself yes. uh, to help so many other people. Uh, yes. You have to nurture yourself. You have to care for yourself. And actually, you have to be a human being. And yes. I think this is one of the challenges for many uh, gurus. And I, like I said, obviously, I know many and it's a struggle on the one hand uh you know there's this perception of many of these people that they're uh, uh beyond uh, a normal human being uh, but my experience has been every one of these individuals is a human being and they have uh, their own failings and stresses and anxieties and i think what's even worse is that because so many people look up to them that they don't have anyone in which to share their loneliness or their insecurities or their failings. Mm. And I think that is a very a hard burden for many individuals uh, to carry. 
but my experience has been every one of these individuals is just a human being yes at, at the end of the day yes um it's it, it's really a balance it's also coming to to me anyway uh to embrace all aspects of yourself right because there is the human being and then there is the soul as well as what I call the spirit or self or the source, right, of who we are. And based on that golden light experience, I created a methodology, uh, which I then daringly brought into organizations, <laughs> into multinational companies, um, because I was running a PR consultancy across Asia before, so I know oh, how wow. to, I know sure. how to package, package it, right, and make it, uh, what relatable to to them, right? To to the corporate world as well as individuals. Um, in the end, it's you know it's like okay, people have all kinds of goals, um, and then there's the corporate goals. Um, but in the end, it's about being happy. It's about being comfortable with who we are, right? And yes. and also being able to rely on oneself and this power that you speak of, right? Um, so it's not that difficult, but yeah, I, I did get tired of it. I did get burnt out and I just sure. took time. I just took years off, you know. So having taken those years off uh, where I did much less, then I'm ready to go back and do more now, you know, because I feel that we are on the verge of something great, uh, something big rather. Um, and it's it's gonna get pretty bad before it gets great you know before well no great you know that's i think that's true and in fact i was reading an article the other day because it seems like there's certain cycles to our existence and uh you know we get to a valley and then we come back up and it's uh a period of uh, thoughtfulness and enlightenment and then unfortunately Oftentimes, negative things will start affecting the balance and then it'll head back down. And uh, um, so it does seem to be um, a pattern, unfortunately. It would be wonderful if we could stay on the upturn, uh, but uh, maybe that's not how it's meant to be at the end of the day. I interviewed a Japanese Zen millionaire, and he talks about um, the next five years being hard and then people are because of the hardship uh, that we experience them people are going to move away from uh, the material you know from amassing money and I agree with that and I'm certainly hoping it would that would be the case um, but well uh, yes yes uh, I agree with you who knows uh, that certainly would be wonderful you know if you looked at uh wealthiest let's say 50 uh individuals or families in the world i, I mean their wealth even le leaving them with let's say 10 percent of their wealth that wealth could change the entire world for the better mm. and uh, uh and it's unfortunate because uh what these people don't realize is within their hands is the power to change the lives of hundreds of millions of people and uh, frankly, uh, what could be better? What, what could be more important? What could that do in terms of fulfilling your own goals as a human being is to be able to impact the lives of tens of, if not hundreds of millions of people for the better. I mean, there is nothing that an individual 
could do that could compare uh, to that type of benefit. And whether you look at God or, or karma or uh, or just the reality of feeling uh, how good it would be to positively impact so many people's lives, it's quite extraordinary and it's far beyond what one can get from laying on a lounge chair on a $500 million yacht for two weeks. When I was doing the research to interview Dr. Doty, I came across a statement of his where he attributes his success as a neurosurgeon to the kindness and compassion he extended to his patients. In line with what he says about our world being currently inequitable and how we need to be of service in order to thrive, his second book, Mind Magic, The Neuroscience of Manifestation and How It Changes Everything, urges us to make manifestation part of a deeper contribution to healing the problems we face today. And the practices he advocates of attention, meditation, visualization, and compassion that change your brain structures and thereby how you see the world will also help you. As Dr. Doty puts it, he reclaim your agency, re realize your dreams, and reach out to help others along the path. His book will be out in May 2024, and you can pre-order now. Meanwhile, if you'd like to access the perfect solution you already have within yourself, I can show you how you can tap into and align with the magnificent soul within you that we all are, whether we are aware of or even believe it or not. It is totally unlike our inherently flawed human self, which we are meant to experience but can certainly transcend while we are still in this human form living life on this planet. The idea is to be all three aspects and steer these aspects towards being a seamless trio, embracing all three and allowing whichever is meant to show up at any given time to do so. I support people to have our soul self lead more and more of the time and our soul gifts to also incrementally emerge and be utilized. The soul, along with the spirit or consciousness that we are, constitute our higher self and is the amalgamation of our three primary aspects that automatically creates a blissful, joyous and abundant life for ourselves, with us being spontaneously and naturally kind, compassionate and generous of spirit, with the power to discern and create balance for ourselves and co-create a world of abundance for all that we want to live in. Just as Dr. Doty says compassion is what is going to save our species, I have been saying for years now, there is no other way to save our world but to rise up in love, to love and honour ourselves and others so much more than we do now. There are many others like us saying more or less the same thing and urging humanity to increasingly access the power we all have within us that we use to create both the optimal lives and world we want. And we can do so together and in service to each other 
and all that lives and breathes. Both Dr. Doty and I are certainly devoted towards doing all we can to co-create a totally different world, each in our own way. And I'm sharing his email address on the web pages of the podcast platform you are listening to this episode on, as well as the links leading to my various social media pages, free Facebook group, and my Transform and Thrive Membership Club. Dr. Doty offers various wonderful programs via C-Care, which will be of great help to men, to you as they have been to many people. He talks about this and other really cool projects he's working on and launching in the near future in the third part of my interview with him, which will be out next week. I will also include the website uh, details of Seacare. Uh, and uh, you can join me for monthly Zoom sessions through my membership club or have me support you to transform and thrive greatly through my one-on-one programs. Simply reach out to either or both of us or and we'd be more than happy to serve you. This is Heavenly on the Transform and Thrive show sending you so much love and wishing you endless possibilities of great joy and freedom, peace and abundance at all levels, now and always. Let's create a truly, truly wonderful, balanced and genuinely caring world together and great fulfillment and dreams come true for ourselves and others. Happy transforming and thriving, my beloved friends. You most definitely have the power to do so masterfully and joyously. We can all move towards ultimate mastery now and together. Thank you for joining me. Your presence is vital and very, very much appreciated as always. Bye for now. <music>